Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. JJ, I know yes. what the number one factor of your success is. Really? And I think you only have a 50% chance of knowing yourself. <laughs> what is it? My number one factor of the success? The number one factor that has created, predicted, whatever, your success. JJ's success. Yes. Um, is what? Uh, I would say number two is my model looks, mm-hmm. but number put that down one, there on the yeah, list that's, for sure. It's number two. I um, would put that down a little uh, with another two and really a two. Interesting. Um, the number one predictor of my success, is it just me or is it everybody? Like you're saying everybody's success I will or just not me? answer that question. Whoa, okay. It's poised um, to you. Okay, okay. There are no qualifying oh, questions. Now I'm starting to sweat. It's obvious it's not obvious to you. It's, I no, just want to point not, that out no, to our not, listeners. And I, and I, but I'm going to nail it right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. The number one predictor of my success is access. What, is that? what does access mean? <laughs> Opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I've had lots of really wonderful opportunities. So that's what I was going to say. No. Oh. I am also going to tell you what the number one predictor of your success was. Okay. And you are actually going to agree with me. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I guarantee. Okay, go. Not, not, not coercive. It's the people you've known. Well, that's access. I literally just said that and you said no. It's like the access opportunity access connection. Access is not people. Access it's, is not it's people. It's my access to people. <laughs> I never heard people. Audience, did you hear people? Survey says. Oh, uh, wow. What I meant, what I meant was access to resources here's, and people. Do you agree, though? Yeah, I actually really agree. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. And here's it, the same thing happened to me. Yeah. Before uh, we agreed to interview this guest, I got the briefing on the book, uh-huh. and I literally went, oh, my word, it's the most obvious unobvious thing in the world yeah yeah as soon as you hear it you go that's everything Mm -hmm. that's everything it's ken coleman he wrote a book called the proximity principle yes and he basically argues listen let's just get down to brass tacks you can talk to me all about these success strategies you can talk to me about getting up early managing your time what all that kind of stuff yeah you know he would say it comes down to who you've hung out with yeah who you're close to Mm -hmm. who you know and he wrote a whole book about it, and it's fascinating. And I'm curious now yeah. as another exercise. Yeah, JJ, can you? I can do this. I can say, Dave Gentiles, youth pastor, yep. taught me to write. Greg Harris ran a publishing company and ended up making me president of that publishing company when I was in my twenties. Yep. Bob Goff met him kayaking fifty miles from the nearest road. Yeah. <laughs> in British Columbia. Yeah. On a cold, rainy trip, and he was out there, and I met him. And that guy taught me the sky's the limit. And if you want to go be president someday, just go do it. And you know whatever you need to do, that all that kind of stuff. I can trace the evolution of my career yeah. through the thread of human beings who I, I was lucky enough to spend time. Oh with. yeah, can you do it without question? Okay, who? Yeah, same thing. Like David Gentiles, <laughs> you know, your youth pastor, my youth pastor as well. But David actually had an influence in my life. Yeah, my well. David had an influence in your life, yeah. which is really cool. Um, which was strange to meet that connection. But I would say each phase of my life has had one of those. I've had kind of a mentor, somebody who I connected with, Gayla Congdon, who is a founder of Amore Ministries and basically built the largest short-term missions organization in the world. Yeah, I worked with them in Mexico. That was a huge. Pers- Perspective. Uh, Paul Alexander and 
Roberto Servent, who were professors and deans of a college that brought me in and told me that I could do well in education. A guy named Justin Narducci, who actually got me involved in development in Africa. I mean, I could go on and on on and on and on. on. Yeah, there's it's people. Yeah, I mean, you. The reason I'm here is because of the proximity and connection that we ultimately kind of would say randomly had to begin with, but then created through our friendship. Yeah, and if you really look at you know you look at our company, you look at the we're up in the what we call the treehouse of our office building. It's the attic of the office building. It's a beautiful space. Toby Keith actually used to record records yeah. up here. So apparently tw- uh, 21 country hits. Have been, now we're recording business hits. Yes, exactly. Anyway, um, you look at this and it's just a hotbed of punctuated evolution in people's careers. Mm-hmm. Everybody in this building is on turbo speed in their career right now. Yeah. And it's because we're all hanging out together trying to do something really cool. Yeah. But it's the people that we're hanging out with. And then this freaking podcast, man. Yeah. Every week we're interviewing some brilliant thinker about yeah. something which that's actually one of the really fun things about when people come to our live workshop or when i've i've been stopped in the streets you know when yeah. people come up is because we're essentially creating a community here yeah of, through proximity of the podcast yeah you know we're not living life together but every he week would put it kim would say together. we are professors and producers who are the people you need to be close to without actually being close yeah. to them. so you need to you, know, you need to take yep. their courses you need to do all this oh, kind of yeah. stuff and uh, you know i do that with all, a bunch of courses on everything you can imagine yeah. but mainly story and <laughs> yeah. that sort of stuff it's fascinating and you know as soon as he said here's the hard thing i think is you know you read like the seven habits of highly successful people wonderful book by the way mm-hmm. nothing against it and you realize okay i've got to organize my time i've got to do this got to do that if you're not around the right people yeah that's going to still work it's going to work a tenth of as powerfully as it'll yeah. work if you're in proximity to the right people. I think that prepares you for when you meet the right people. Prepares you things. and so, makes the yeah. most of it. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. It's like when opportunity meets preparedness, that's luck. But what we'll do is we'll take control of our schedule, but we won't take control of our actual relational intention, at least professionally. Yeah. You know, we don't have control over, you know, who our kids are, those kinds of things. We know yeah. that's love. That's a different thing. And not that we don't love the people that we work with, but to actually intentionally say, I'm going to be around the kind of people who actually create whatever it is that I want to learn how to create is yeah. really fantastic. Yeah. Well, there's a way to do it. And right now you're probably listening and going, okay, there's a fog. How would I, I get it. I believe you. I, yeah. I, 100%, I don't, but that's this sort of muddled idea. There's a map yeah. and it's in Ken's book and he opens up about it in this. We've been friends for about 15 years and I've watched him do this yeah. in his life. And he has already done what he's writing about. And he now has a nationally syndicated talk show. And you know, if you'd have known Ken 15 years ago, here's a description of Ken 15 years ago: a kid who wanted a nationally syndicated yeah. talk show, <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got a nationally syndicated. Yeah, man, I just I get so excited even yeah. just I get kind of choked up thinking about him and his career. Yeah, it's really beautiful. The book is called The Proximity Principle. Have you given much thought to the people that you're hanging out with? Have you given much thought to that as a future predictor of your success? If you haven't. You're going to love this conversation. Ken, thanks for coming on. Thrilled to be here, Don. I'm so excited about this. You know, you're speaking to something in this book. The book is called The Proximity Principle. And when we think about success, we think, well, you've got to be driven. You've got to get up early. You have to have your schedule figured out. You have to be, you know, on and on and on. And all the little success self-help books. The second I heard what your book was about. I, I can't believe this, but I went, that's the number one thing. It's literally the number one predictor more than anything else. Who are you hanging out with? 
That's exactly right. In fact, there's a very famous study. It's about 75 years old from Harvard, and it's about the power of relationships in our lives. Relationships are the most effective way to move forward. In fact, there was a professor, a part of that study, who said that 95% of the predictors of your success or failure, so 95% of all the things you do that would lead to success or failure, come down to relationships. In other words, if you're hanging around the wrong people, you are stacking the deck against yourself. Yeah. And then on the flip side, if you're hanging around really good people, uh, then we know that you're going to have a great chance. Jim Rohn, the legendary uh, self-help guru, said you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Now, that's mm-hmm. a sobering thought for many, but also a wake-up call, and uh, it, there's tremendous truth there. You literally go, okay, Dom, wh- what is it about you mm. that caused you? Well, there's a few things, but really isn't about me at all. It's about David Gentiles, Greg Harris, Bob Goff, and there are about 10 more that I'm not mentioning. Sure. It's the people. Well, but it's also what you did. So let's talk about this. I appreciate what you're saying, but you had enough gumption, which is one of my favorite words. (laughs) Uh, We talk about this in the book. There's a difference between being audacious and obnoxious. And at some point, young Don was audacious enough to put himself around these men. And I suspect there was some cocktail of humility and hunger that they saw in you. Yeah, none of those guys want to hang out with a cocky kid who thinks they're better than everybody else. And so they said, okay, A, they saw something in you. So kudos to them. But they saw something beyond potential. They saw, here's a kid who's happy to be around and, and genuinely is excited to be around me, and, and I think that there's some hunger here. And when we show up and we sit around men and women who are doing what we want to do, who we look up to, and we start with humility, and we start with hunger, and we show a desire to learn from them— that's the value. I get this question all the time, Doc. Well, how do, I, how do I connect with somebody? And I can't offer them anything. Not true. The number one thing that any human being can offer another human is to feel valued. And Don, if a young guy who wants to get into marketing comes up to you on the streets of Nashville, says, hey, I don't want to interrupt for too much, but I got to tell you, I've read your books. I listen to your podcast. It's profoundly affected me. And I got to say, I've got two minutes with you on the sidewalk. I would love to ask you one question. I've got a question in my head I've always wanted to ask you. Can I ask you that question right now? Now, how are you going to react to that? Right, yeah, not walking away, yeah. No, because you feel valued in the moment. And because you feel valued, you will then be more likely to provide value to that person. And Mm -hmm. so that's the idea. Those men saw hunger and humility. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, hunger and humility, and also I was useful to them. Well, of course. And so if somebody came up to me and said, Don, I love your books— you know, they're 20 years younger than me, 30 years younger than me. Can I love your books. They've been really foundational for me. I'd love to be friends. Can you get coffee? There's yeah. zero part of me that's interesting. Yeah. And it's not because I'm, I'm, I, don't, I realize everybody's sitting there going, that's you're right. a bad person. You have to understand that happens every day. So it's logistically impossible. That's right. But if somebody came up and said, I'm fascinated by marketing. I'm actually in my third year in a, in a marketing program. And I would really love just to understand your brand on marketing. I don't want to get in the way. But I could easily like take notes at a meeting and just sort of shout at I'm in. No Because, question. because here's, here's what they told me. They told me, I want to move in the same direction, and it's not going to stop you from moving where you need to go. Will you take me with you? That's right. Rather than, will you stop? And That's right. Of course, if somebody's hurting, you're going to do sure. that. 
But if you want a year or two relationship, you got to be interested yeah. in what your boss is interested That's in right. and move That's forward. Right. Key distinction here, because you make a good point. We were talking about how you would feel valued if somebody ran into you quickly and just you'd give them two minutes of your time because you feel valued. But to your point, we talk about the professionals, one of the five people in this book that you can get around. And the professional is somebody that's at the very top of their game in the top of the industry that you want to be in. So you can't have coffee with Don Miller. You just can't. It's a lottery pick. Okay. Right. But here's what you can do. You can read Don's books. You can listen to his podcast. You can watch him on YouTube. I learned how to do interviews years ago by watching Larry King Live. There was this thing for all you young people out there that listen to Don. There was a thing called TiVo, and you could record. Now it's DVR, but I would TiVo Larry King Live every night. And if I missed an episode, I'd watch it on the weekend. This was before kids. Yeah. And then I'd watch Charlie Rose. I would watch Bob Costas. I would watch David Frost on YouTube. And I learned how they did interviews by simply watching them. So here's the point. You can get in proximity to the best of the best in the industry you want to be in, not personally, but through the digital properties. The world is so flat. You can get in proximity to those people. You don't have to meet them. Yeah. Okay. You've got three sections of this book. Yeah. People, places, practices. And I want to talk about the people that we need to get close to first. And I just want to reiterate, this is one of the most groundbreaking, true elements of success that there is. It's the people that you're hanging out with. And I like swimming out we call it around here swimming out past the breakers love that i love it when i'm in a room of people and i can't quite keep up with them i can't keep you know if we're on a bike ride or whatever i mean speaking metaphorically mm -hmm. they're running at 20 and i'm running at 17 miles per hour it's a stretch right those are my favorite environments to be in because i know you're growing you're growing you're growing and here's the other thing and this is you know i've said this over and over i always get mail and i'm going to say it again there are people you need to drop Oh. You don't need to drop them from God's value on them and the beauty of it. You need to stop hanging out with them. Amen. And I would say, and you say, Don, that's rude as me. I would say in my entire life, I'm 47 years old, there's been maybe five where I've consciously said, I think we're done. Mm -hmm. And it always takes years, but we're done because you've been playing a victim for a very long time. That's right. We're done because over the last 10 years, you've taken, 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 and you, I've never seen you give anything back to anybody. I think we're done. And I don't actually go to them and say, hey, we're done. I just, you know, you ghost them. You just go, oh, I'm going right. to stop returning these yeah. emails. You just get busy. You do. And it's been a key predictor of success. Here's the thing is somebody said to me, well, why would you just drop them? And I, I say, no, I didn't drop them. They dropped everybody else because they wouldn't come with us. They self-selected. You know, it, it's, it's that scene from Jerry Maguire. Who's coming with me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and by the way, you got to be okay asking that question. Yeah. You know, and it was just the one lady in the goldfish. But uh, that's what you did. Who's coming with me? You essentially said that by saying, this is the path I'm going to walk. If you want to walk this path, come on. If Are, not, sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, because we're moving. It's not like we're moving quick. We're no. just moving. We're going to be better dads. We're going to be it. better husbands. We're going to be it. better wives. We're going to be better moms. And we're going there. Come with us or not. That's how I view yeah, it. I and and I, then 99% of people come with you and we all get better. That's but right. you got to drop 1%. That's right. All right. So the five types of people who can help you, mm -hmm. one, professors. Yes. So these are all archetypes. And so this doesn't have to be your traditional college professor. Right. What we define the professor as in the book is somebody who can teach me the fundamentals of the trade, of the craft that I want to get into. And we have more access to professors now than we've ever had in the history of the world. So glad you said that. This could be somebody who's doing a webinar. 
Yeah. And it could be free. Yeah. And uh, so if you're wanting to, you know, I think of one guy I know by Sean Connell who's doing great stuff on YouTube. You want to be a professional photographer, that's the guy you need to look up on YouTube. Guy's got a killer channel. He's talking to you about equipment. He's talking to you about lighting. He's talking to you about all the things. And, and, and you don't even need to go darken the door of a college classroom to learn how to be a better photographer. Yeah. So the professor is somebody who knows what I need to know, can teach me the fundamentals. And here's the key factor. They want to teach you. They're in the game because they go, I want to teach. So for me, Don, I was 31, uh, 33 years of age, actually, and I decided broadcasting was the way to go. I went to school for politics, political science, had been building my whole career and life towards that and had to make a shift. Did not have the time or the money with three kids uh, and a wife and a mortgage to go back to school. So I found a broadcasting class in Atlanta, Georgia, six-week class put on by a respected TV and radio producer in the city. I did my homework, looked him up, went and met with him face to face and took a six week class, which I look back on as one of the most important things I did early on, Don. It gave me tremendous confidence and clarity. Clarity that, yeah, I actually do dig this. And the first live broadcast I ever did was a high school football game, a high school play by play. So I'm doing the play by play and this 21 year old kid next to me and we're both dreadful. <laughs> and we were doing it on this guy's website. So two people were listening, the kid next to me and my wife at home because she's a good woman. <laughs> but I look back at those early days and yeah. I walked away from that broadcast that day and I said, I love this. I prepared for it like I was Jim Nance. I was on the field before the game talking to the coaches. The coach was like, who's this guy? I'm pretty sure they called security. You know, and uh, so Jeff Batten is the guy that we, we list out in the book as the professor. So that's someone who can teach me the fundamentals and wants to teach. Yeah, and you can learn those reading books, uh, master classes. Podcasts. One of my favorite things, if, if Betsy's out with the girls one night, glass of whiskey and master class. Learn more from... So You true. have access to David Mamet. You have access to J.J. Abrams. Yes. You have access to yes. Malcolm Gladwell. You have access... Yeah. We, we don't ever have to stop learning no. now. No. I dial up Guy Raz, and I want to hear him talk to Richard Branson. Yeah, you know, I mean, so the idea is, who can you learn from? And those are the professors. Okay, then the professionals. It's yeah. an archetype. What do you mean by professionals? Well, we talked they? about that earlier. So for some of you in the marketing game, that would be a Don Miller, you know, so he's at the top of the game. Um, let's say marketing or another example would be broadcasting. I use that example. So I was listening and learning from Larry King, Bob Costas. Uh, let's say that you want to get into coding, like Gary Vee. Let's say you want to create a whole company and you just want to be yeah. a, a content guy. These are the people. Oh, no. You want to give you, speeches, Nancy speeches, Duarte. Nancy Duarte. I mean, you pick the industry. I mean, even in medicine, you know, you pick the industry. Who's at the top of the game? What papers are they writing? Mm -hmm. What books have they written? Are they on podcasts? Gobble up everything they've ever done. If you want to get into psychology or counseling, who are the leading minds? Even from the last 100 years, if you want to be a writer, oh my goodness, you know, go read, go read everything Tolkien did. Get Read everything that Lewis did, you yeah. know. The idea here is, is that we're looking for the people that are known. They're like the Mount Rushmore. And what can I learn from them from afar? That's what we're talking about. I'll be right back with the rest of my interview with Ken Coleman in just a moment. You know, Ken is right. The only reason that I've had any degree of success in my life is because so many people have poured into me. And often it takes place on this podcast. I mean, if you think about the chunks of unbelievable wisdom that we're getting every time we record this, you realize you're getting an MBA almost every six months. I mean, it's just that powerful. And so what I've done with that is I've taken some of that wisdom and actually put it into three to five minute videos that I release every single morning. You actually get a daily download of wisdom every morning 
through video. You can get that at businessmadesimple.com. It's completely free. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. It's completely and totally free. If you go to businessmadesimple.com, I'm going to send you a daily video that gives you wisdom to make great decisions. Think about at the end of a year, if you have gotten a daily piece of business wisdom, how much more intelligent you will be. But not only that, how many more great decisions you will have made by the end of that year. Likely hundreds of them, which could be worth thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, or even millions of dollars. Go to businessmadesimple.com and sign up for that free daily video delivered to you every weekday, businessmadesimple.com. Mentors. Yeah, so this is now we're getting into real people. Yeah. And real Well, the rest of the four are much more tangible. And the mentor is somebody who's a sage. Uh, and I define the mentor as somebody who has tremendous wisdom from a lot of experience. It does not have to be industry specific. So for me, I didn't have any mentors in broadcasting at all. But my mentors were men who I respected. They had been very successful in business, some in ministry, and I respected them, which means I would listen to what they had to say. And so you're getting wisdom, you are getting accountability. These are the two things. And I remember there was a moment, Don, about five years in to what was a seven and a half to eight year journey to Dave Ramsey, and then nine years to realize the dream to have the national show from that very first broadcast. And I was in the driveway. Uh, I knew I was going in the house and I was in a season of rejection. I've been rejected several times and I felt like I might be delusional. Hmm. Am I wasting my time? Mm-hmm. More importantly, what is this doing to my wife? Just really in a season of doubt. Right. And I, would, I dialed up one of my mentors, just a very successful businessman in Houston, Texas. And I won't go through the conversation, but it took about 60 seconds of his voice to snap me back into reality. Yeah. And he was able to remind me of all the things that had happened good for me and all the things that were lining up beautifully, but all I was focused on were a couple of rejections. Yeah. And so just that moment where I could listen to somebody who I respected so much that they could truth talk to me and just, just nail me to the wall. Hey, you're being pathetic and pitiful. It's interesting. Um, last night we have some family in town. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law have uh, three kids. And two of the little girls came back from church the other day, and they were speaking with the accents of these two new young girlfriends. These are, you know, three and four-year-olds. I love that. And it reminded me of that old Malcolm Gladwell idea that, well, he popularized it, that you don't get your accent from your family, you get it from your friends. That's right. You know, you can come from a German family with a German accent, you'll talk like the kids that you meet at high school. That's where you get your accent. It's not your family. That's right. I think the same is true in the way we think about ourselves Mm -hmm. and the way we think about success. It comes from our mentors. It comes from our peers. It comes from our friends. It's literally the people that you're hanging out with are going to shape the way that you see the world. It's not just the way you talk. It's the way you actually see the world. And uh, let's make the point here. There's a well-known sociologist. His name escapes me, but they did a study that most people get jobs from their acquaintances, not their close personal network. So, Mm. you know, you think about, you kind of know all the same people. So your close personal network is not as valuable as it seems. It is your acquaintances. So it would be that next level out. So, you know, you think about uh, the men and women you see at the soccer games every week or practices with your kids. These are the people where a lot of wonderful contacts and things happen for you. Just a little side note there that those acquaintances are very valuable to you. Well, let's talk about it because that's the fourth kind of person you hang out with. It's the peers. And would you consider that acquaintances? They need shared value. Values, they have drive, and they no speak question. the truth to you. There's two types of peers. You have your professional peer, and that's the people you spend a lot of time with in the office. Right. right. So the uh, average American spends 90,000 plus hours at work over their lifetime. 
I mean, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. If you think about how many hours you're with those people you work with. So you've got professional peers and then you've got personal peers. This is when, uh, you know, Don and Betsy are going out with a couple, uh, on the weekend. Now that's a personal, you're, you're selecting that couple. Stacy and I right. do the same thing. We have a, a group of couples that we do life with and I don't see them during the week. And sometimes we'll go two, three weeks without seeing each other because of the rhythm of life. But we want to make sure that we're around people. There's three key things that push us their example. So you're a professional peer, and I've been really blessed to get to know you and interview many, many times and learn so much from you. Well, every time I'm around you, including right now, you just naturally push me. You're, you're an example. You're, it's like that, I, that swimming example. You know, It's like you're setting a really nice pace on the bike, <laughs> and when I'm around you, I want to pedal faster. That's the push. Then they lift us. You know, there are some peers that I know I can call. These are best-selling authors. If I said their names, you and their audience have been on this program, and they're close enough peers that I could call and say, hey, I'm... I'm feeling insecure or, I, or I'm, I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling some frustration here. And I don't think it's right. Can I just bounce this off of you? And they can just go, hey, snap out of it. And, right. and they can kind of give me great perspective. So they lift you when you need to be lifted. And then they hold you accountable. Some of those peers, and these are the personal peers, you know, you need to have a personal growth plan and you need to be able to share it. And I've got three guys in my life. We're all very close. There's no secrets. We can say anything about anything to each other. And we sit down and we talk about this is who I want to be. As a husband, this is who I want to be as a father, and this is what I want to be as a professional. And we set those goals out, and we're so raw with each other intentionally that there are times where those guys have looked at me and said, hey, you're dragging butt. <laughs> you're not becoming the person that you want to become. Yeah. No, not in this area. Yeah. I watched you at the pool with your son. Mm-hmm. You told me you wanted to work on this. I thought you were too intense with it. Mm. Now, I'm just being real right now. Yeah. That's a real conversation. Yeah. So I want the peers who, and when they say that, I'm not defensive. I'm like this. Oh man! It sounds because like, it sounds I trust like your relationships so are really intentional. I mean, they're not oh, just—they're yeah. not just hang. Well, life is so very short, and let's just be really honest. I think there's some data out there that says you—you you really only stay in contact with one or two people from your school years, high school and college. And so, you know, maybe you've got that old friend, and, and hopefully you do. But the average person in life is really only close with one to three people, mm. and and so you know you have got to make sure that you are locked in with some people outside of your spouse. So that you have some fresh perspective, because those those relationships are so crazy valuable. These guys in my life, if I'm short with Stacy around them, they're going to tell me later. Yeah, and it, I'm going to be like, oh man, why? Because there's allowance for that. I know that they're not busting my chops just to do it. Mm-hmm. They got my back. Yeah, you know, they got my six. This that that comes from you know the World War One era where the planes they couldn't hit blind spots in those old Wilbur Orville Wright planes, you know, and so. When you were flying, your wingman would get behind you to protect you from behind because that's how they shot you down back in those days. And they would literally say, I got your six. If you're looking at a clock, you got yeah. 12 up here and six is the behind. And, and so you want people who have your six in life. Yeah, I love it. And then finally, the fifth kind of person you want to be hanging out with are producers. Yeah, so similar to professionals, except these people are accessible. So for instance, let's think about your zip code. Let's say you want to get into marketing or advertising or you want to get into coding or IT. Uh, so we want to identify people that either you have a one-to-one connection with or three degrees, two degrees of separation where you've got some good friends who know somebody. So let's say you're a young guy and you're in college right now and all you want to do is code. All right. So we want to find somebody that represents the producer who's a very successful person in this role. And either you know them personally or you have a couple connections. Hey, listen, 
would you be willing to vouch for me and ask them if they do coffee with me? And most of the time it's going to be yes. You're going to get some no's, but you keep going. But you get around somebody who's not well-known and famous, but they're very successful. And that's where we sit with them. And you show up with a pencil and a piece of paper. And back to that humble, hey, I'm so grateful that you're spending time with me. It's your most valuable asset. So I've come prepared. I've got about six, seven, eight questions. And I just want to get where you are right now. Yeah. And would you, I, here, I want to talk about the path, the pitfalls, what you love most about the gig, what you don't like. Am I doing the right things? Am I qualified enough? Outside of college, what else do I need to do? Is it worthwhile to intern? Could I shadow you for two weeks? Would your boss let me do that? You start doing that kind of thing with producers, people that are winning in your craft, in your yeah. industry, things are going to happen for you. Because here's what happens when that's over. Number one, back to our earlier conversation, they feel valued. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes to talk about themselves and why they're good at what they do. Yeah. So that's a win. Yeah. Second thing is they're going to actually give you some very good insight. And then third, they're most likely going to connect you to another right person or put you in the right place. Yeah. And this formula is so simple. The right people plus the right places equals opportunity. Yeah. That's what I'm selling in this book is opportunity. You get in proximity to the right people in the right places. It's like being at a train station. Now you've got to assess the opportunities, but mm -hmm. they will come to you. If somebody says to me, Don, I just can't catch a break. I instantly know you're not around the right people yeah. or you're not in the right places. Because yeah. that's how this thing works. It's not rocket science. No. And you know, the other thing I would add to that, and it's probably in the book, is the idea of clarity. Mm. That if you're meeting with somebody and you want to be, I need to know exactly where you want to go. And I learned this really early on. It was actually in high school. And I wrote down, I want to be a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote that down in high school. I wanted to do it by the time I was 30. By the time I, was, I think it was 29 when I mm -hmm. finally hit the New York Times. And it was knowing specifically where I wanted to go that attracted editors, writers. I ended up working in a publishing company because people knew where I wanted to go. It's like if you're a hitchhiker standing on the road, you're going to get a lot more rides or opportunities if, you, yeah, if, the, if this thing says San Francisco. That's right. I'm <laughs> heading that way. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Well, here's an example. I love what you're saying because in your story, you were able to sample and see those that you didn't sample. You could see it. You were in proximity. You could see what this role looks like. You said, that's not for me. Speaking to some high school students just a week ago here at a local school, and two of the girls were going into nursing. So I said, all right, let's use you as an example on how you're going to use the proximity principle. I said, do you have any idea what type of nursing you want to get into? And neither one did. I said, great. So here's what you need to do. You're going to go to college the next four years in a nursing degree, but in your summers and in your winter breaks, you need to be shadowing nurses, an ER nurse, uh, a nurse that helps with anesthesia, mm -hmm. a nurse that helps prepare the patient before they go, specific, an operating specific, room. Yep. Yes, sir. It's what you're talking about. You need to be in labor and delivery because there's all kinds of roles that nurses fill. And in getting in proximity with them, you're going to get clarity, either yes or no. But clarity's always great. Clarity, yes, I absolutely want to deliver babies. I want to be in the room when life happens. Yeah. That's my jam. Great. But you may get in there and go, that's eh, not for me. I want to be in the ER yeah. where life is threatened. And I want to be part of that. So that's the idea. You're so right. We do talk about that. Here's what proximity does for folks. Simple three things it's going to do for you. You're going to have the opportunity to learn. You're going to have the opportunity to do. And you're going to have the opportunity to connect. Learn, do, connect. Learn, do, connect. You do that every day, progress is going to happen. People are going to have to buy the book. The book is called The Proximity Principle. By the way, uh, if you know anybody 30 and under, grab this book for them. For sure. Grab this book, because this is it. Before, it's too late. <laughs> it's never too late. It's never too late. But if you figure this out pre-25 years old, everything changes. You're going to get ahead of the rest of the pack. Yeah.
you know, I had a couple friends in, in high school and one of them, we all kind of came from the same economic background and watched one of them pretty much flounder for 15 years after high school, in and out of jail, all that kind of stuff. And literally, literally, I say, I don't understand the difference. What happened between me and them? Literally, they made friends with some kids down the street who were up to nothing, and that's it. Uh-huh. That's, I mean, that's it. You're Everything right. else was exactly the same. And so if people understand that, that it's going to change everything. All right, I, you've got to get the book, but I want to sort of give the Reader's Digest version yeah. of the next two points. You also don't just talk about the people here. You talk about the places. And what do you mean by places? Well, there's five specific places. The first one is where you are. So many people, Don, call my radio show every day, and they say, Ken, uh, I, I know what I want to do, but I don't think I can move there to be able to do it. And they overlook that to get started on the path, To get started on the climb to Mount Everest, if Mount Everest is your dream job, everything you need to get started is already around you. I call it the law of the zip code. Everything you need to get started is already around you. I had a guy call the show the other day from Charlotte, North Carolina. He said, Ken, uh, I need your help today. I know exactly what I want to do, but I just don't think it can happen. I said, all right, try me. He says, I love video production, specifically producing and directing videos, but can't move three kids, mortgage, two dogs, blah, 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 blah. I can't move to New York or LA. I said, quick question, how many production companies are in Charlotte, North Carolina? And he paused and he started laughing because he knew exactly what I had done to him, which was, <laughs> you know, highlight the fact that there are a lot of production companies right. in Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, you don't and have to move to LA. That's it. You don't have to move somewhere to go somewhere. And so I said, you need to use the proximity principle and show up to these places, say, I'm a successful guy. Can I work on the weekends? Can I start doing some video editing? Can I shadow? Whatever. Six weeks later, he emailed me and he had landed a job. So this idea that I have to move somewhere to go somewhere in my career is is daunting for people. And so yeah. I'm trying to help people understand, get started where you are. The second place is a place to learn. Uh, again, for people of all ages. Uh, but you know, if you're in college right now and you're, you're just fearful of what the next steps are going to look like when you graduate and you got to hit the real world, again, your summer times, your spring breaks, your winter breaks, you're doing what I talked about moments ago with those young nursing students. You've got to get in places to learn. This is interning your face off. This is even for the first six months, if necessary, coming out of college. Live with mom and dad. You got a plan. You're not a loser. Go volunteer. Early on in my journey, I was running my own company, making six figures just to keep the house going and the the family. And I was working three days a week as an intern at the ESPN affiliate in Atlanta, (laughs) getting coffee for guys I was making more money than, screening phone calls. That was a place to learn for me. So this idea that early on, will you work for free? Are you willing to do that? Uh, That leads to a place to practice. This is low risk opportunity here to actually get out there and this is the you end. need reps you need reps and, and and so this isn't about you know i'm going to try to make a career out of this right away this is important for people that are listening that are in their 30s and 40s they're going hey i'm a career switcher well begin to do this on the side do it at night do it on weekends volunteer show up get in a place to practice so that you can get the reps like you're talking about but also more confirmation that, okay, I'm going to have to learn some more things. I've got some more skills. I'm learning, I'm connecting, I'm learning, doing, connecting. And then uh, a place to perform. Now, this is where we step into, this is the industry we want to be in. And this is where we, now the pressure's on, I got to perform. Right. So, so I got to show up. And it was when I got the guys at Catalyst, it's where we first met, to pay me to do their podcast. Now it was real. Yeah. yeah this isn't broadcasting class. They're paying me. I got to deliver a good product. I have to learn how to do interviews. 
Yeah. That's how I met you. A place to perform. So now that's getting in the industry. Take the entry level. Take it. Just get in the industry. There is no step up the ladder if we don't get where the ladder right, is. Right. You know, so let's get there, get our hands on the ladder, and and let's, you know, do what we need to do there. And there's there's three things, by the way, there. You have to know your role, accept your role, and maximize your role. There's no next step if you don't do those three things. And so when you get in a place to perform, that's your mindset. Yeah. And then finally, a place to grow. So this is, if you want longevity and sustainability, you want to be in a place to grow. Ramsey Solutions is the perfect example. You know the organization very, very well. Dave Ramsey has leaders all throughout that building who started out as administrative assistants. Uh, I came on board as an MC, essentially. Mm-hmm. And three years later, he gives me the opportunity to have my own national show to create content to help people. Now, I had to earn it. But he gave me a ladder. You want to be in a place and an environment like what you're doing here. Sorry, Brent. You have people that are moving up the ladder. You're, you know, it's amazing to see your team. You allow people here to grow if they do what they're supposed to do and they continue to develop. So a place to grow is you want to be in a culture and an environment where if you do what you're supposed to do and you continue to grow, they're going to give you the chance to climb the ladder. That's what we're all looking for. Progress, significance. And so that's a quick run through on the five yeah. places. Well, and then practices also. Yeah. Things it's, you need to be doing so when you're in around these, these places people, with yeah. these people. Yeah. You know, I would just say this proximity mindset uh, is what we talk about towards the end of the book. I touched on it just a moment ago. There is this temptation for humans, Don, to want more, 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 now, now, now. And you got to be very careful with that. And Mm -hmm. so when you start to get these opportunities, you get in these places around these people. We talked about hunger and humility, but you have to accept the role. I touched on it really quickly. I'll go through it. Uh, Knowing your role. So I'm clear on what a win looks like, okay? And so when I'm clear at Ramsey Solutions, we're great about this. This is your key results area. This is what you've got to do. So you've got to have clarity. Then secondly, this is the present. There's no next if I don't win in the now. I can want the next. I can go spend all this time preparing for the next. But if I don't win in the now, there's no next. No one's going to give it to you until you've earned it in the now. And then finally, maximize your role. One of the things that worked for me throughout my career is I was trying to build this broadcasting thing. I always did more than what somebody thought I was going to do or expected me to do. I was looking for ways to help, add value, do more, help this team member do this, add my input here if they wanted it. You know, you have to make sure that you're maximizing your role. So this idea of having this mindset of always winning in the now so that you get the opportunity for that next rung, that's huge. That's one of the practices we talk about with the proximity mindset. And that's going to work. Yeah. Because you're already around the right people in the right places. That's that first step. Now, what are we acting like? You know, are we always looking like, do they look at us like a human funnel? Oh man, there goes that guy. That guy just, all he wants to do is learn. All he wants to do is do. All he wants to do is connect because he just wants to be better. And people, it's attractive. It's like a magnet for opportunity. They go, I want yeah. to put more on that kid's plate. Yeah. I want to help her out. Yeah. She's just, she's everything that, that we want around here. It's show desire, but then show the willingness to earn it. Yeah. I get it. You don't think I'm ready. We all think we're ready. You don't think I'm ready, but that's okay. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to keep showing up at practice. I'm going to be in the weight room early. It, that's exactly what it is. I didn't do anything. I'm, I'm not special. I'm not better. Let me tell you what I did. I asked myself in the quiet moments, are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to wait as long as it takes? I think those are the two 
clearest, most important gut check questions anybody could ask. If you're not where you want to be right now, get alone sometime in the next 48 hours Mm. and ask yourself, are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to wait as long as it takes? Because it's a two-part question. You can do, do, do and drive yourself mad if it doesn't happen fast enough. Yeah. And at some point, the answer for me was yes. Yeah. I learned that in fly fishing. You know, I, oh. as an amateur fly fisher, I just noticed guys who had their fly in the water caught more fish. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. You just keep the hook down. Amazing how that works. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you find anybody who you admire who succeeds, and there's going to be three things that they did in their life. They hung out with the right people. That's right. They hung out in the right place, and they were doing the right practices. That's what this book is all about, The Proximity Principle. Ken, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. JJC, you and I being close to each other are really helping out. We're, 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 we help each other. Yeah. <laughs> we help each other. We help each other. I think that's true, though. Yeah, it's so true. I really do. And I'm very grateful to have you as a friend and uh, a partner in this unbelievably uh, complicated business. Yes. And uh, you, you definitely sharpened me and I sharpened you, and it's been Likewise, wonderful. Yeah. And everybody on this team. Ken, this is re- you've really written a beautiful book about relationships. And I, w- I wasn't kidding. Any kid from about 16, I would think to 25 that you know, grab them this book. This book explains exactly what happened, so I'm grateful that somebody has actually spelled out a map. Ken, thanks for that. JJ, next week we got another guy that we can learn from. We can get proximity (laughs) to. Uh His name is Alden Mills. He started a company called Perfect Fitness, scaled it up to 90 million. He was actually a (laughs) Navy SEAL before that. And his whole idea on how to succeed is about love. So here's here's this jock walking around a gym, former Navy SEAL, going, man, if you don't love people, it ain't gonna work. Yeah. And uh, I loved our conversation. Uh, you do not want to miss next week's episode of the podcast. Here's a little clip of that conversation. But the more you use the power to serve the other team members to say, no, I'm here to help you be better, to help you find success, the more that, by the way, I call is care, the people will start to dare for you because they will know in the simplest form that you have their back. And they're not worried about their back anymore. Now they're worried about looking forward. And that's the key. Alden Mills next week. Do not miss it. Another great episode, JJ. Yep. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's latest record, Dive Deep Hushed, on Spotify or on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy. And creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.